0: Okay, good evening, good evening, good evening, beautiful people, wherever you are at, uh, you might be at home uh, kicking back with your children, you might be in bed and trying to sleep but you can't, or you might be still up and going to sleep wishing you weren't. First of all, everything that I bring forth on this broadcast and the things that we do here at the House of Graber in general are protected under the laws of nature and the nature's God, otherwise known as common law due process. And our material and our work here is also protected under the common law copyright of the House of Graeber. Tonight's topic is, what is matrimony and who is in charge of it? I'm going to say this first, if you have one of your eyes one-tenth Of the way open at least five minutes out of each day you might just be aware that many many millions of households in this country not to mention other countries around the world but in in America alone there are millions and millions of households currently as well as in the past that matrimony or marriage as god our creator ordained it is practically non-existent many children are fortunate if they have one of their biological parents to take care of them and mentor them and be with them in their growing up years let alone two And I also want to set the stage for this broadcast in saying this, and and by the way, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to see everyone coming on here, but at any rate, uh, if I don't see you, if I don't acknowledge you as you come on here, um, you are still welcome. And I'm still glad you're on. So, matrimony or marriage as it was designed by the one true God, our creator, is the fundamental backbone of society. It's the fundamental backbone of how things operate on planet Earth. Um, I want to say that based on what we know about history, based on what we know in, in Scripture, and based on my own personal experience, there is an order of operations like you know one of the things I learned uh, I don't know if it makes sense and I'm not going to argue whether it makes sense but one of the things I learned in in math when I did my GED class in um, uh, algebra I pay so little attention to it I can't even hardly remember the word. Algebra, there's an order of operations in, in math or algebra and when you when you have multiple functions in one sequence you do the um, division and multiplication first and then the addition subtraction no matter where the functions are located on the paper. So. Likewise, on planet Earth, with God's people, there is an order of operations, and it so happens that the Creator, the one who ordained matrimony, man and woman, or marriage, where he said, man shall leave his parents, his father and his mother, and cleave unto his woman. He's the one that ordained this institution that we know as marriage. So by default, he is in charge of that institution. He's the one that wrote the law concerning matrimony or marriage. So first of all, It's the first and the most holy, the highest in jurisdiction, of any institution on planet earth. The one that was made by the Creator before, this was way before organized church was put in place by man. It was way before Structured, organized church, or structured, organized government, or structured, organized whatever the heck you want to mention. All man-made offices and all man-made institutions fall below the jurisdiction of man and woman. They fall below that. All man-made offices fall below the man flesh and blood. All man-made institutions are, you know, when, if, if I, we can agree that God, the creator is the one who made us. He's, he's the one that created us. If I go back and I try to fix my creator because I don't like how he is, it's going to be a disaster and the disaster is going to fall on my end it's not going to end well for me because I don't have that authority so by default when man creates an office such as a sheriff or a pastor or a bishop or a you know a a county um, whatever it is a counselor a counseling agency the, uh, the school principal or the teacher or the board, any kind of office that was created by man was given authority by the man, and therefore the authority of that office can never be higher than the authority of the man that created the office. So, who, what is matrimony and who is in charge of it? Our Creator, according to what I've read in Scripture, in Genesis, and and on down the line through um, Numbers and Deuteronomy and a lot of other books, uh, Jasher, um, Jubilees, Enoch, and then in the New Testament, there's lots of. I mean, there's so much prints. The the Creator created man and woman, and He gave them dominion over the earth and all the things therein, the fowl of the air, the beasts of the field, the monsters in the sea. And He instructed them, He directed them, go and subdue the earth and all that is therein. There's one thing that... He did not give them dominion over. He did not give them dominion over their fellow man. So, man and woman are the highest in authority on planet earth. So, the creator that instituted marriage or matrimony is in charge. He's he's the highest authority over that. And next in line is the man and woman who are the institution. So, if we're looking at the... um, And by the way, before I go any further with this broadcast and this video, I want to be very clear about something. I'm not here to stroke anybody's ego. Not my own or anybody else's. I'm not here to pussyfoot around anybody's feelings. I'm not here to say, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. I'm here to bring forth some hard facts and some truth. The reason so many so-called court cases drag on and drag on and drag on for years is because there's no facts involved. It's all opinion. When the fact shows up, the case is settled. No fact shall be tried in court. Nobody ever went to war over a math problem. So when the facts show up, the case is settled. So I'm not here to uh, sound fuzzy and warm, although my goal is to be respectful. If it feels like I'm stomping on your toes uh, there's a very good chance that I'm stomping on the toes of the man I used to be because there was a time in my household who when uh, with the intent of being a protector I was more of a controller we are called to be protectors but not necessarily controllers We're called to be leaders, but not necessarily controllers. There's a difference. And it took me some time to figure out where that difference is. So, if you think I'm brutal or a little bit blunt, it's because I am. So, take it the way I'm giving it to you. It's... um, If you're listening to this, it's because you needed to hear it. And this country and every country in the world, they all have one thing in common. No country has ever been stronger than the individual family or household in that country or that nation. It always boils down to the, or maybe I should say up to the original jurisdiction of the church. I'm, I'm using the word church for the lack of a better term. It's the called out assembly. It's man and woman and then multiple houses working together. It's the house, the matrimony, the marriage. Man and woman united with our creator at the top of the triangle is a triangle that cannot possibly be destroyed from the outside. It has to be destroyed from the inside with the consent of the man and the woman. Our Creator gave us free will. He's not going to destroy it. He's the one that created it. But because we have free will, He gave us that free will. He gave us the authority. He gave us choice between life and death, blessing or cursing. He said, choose blessing and life so that you and your seed may live that is actually in um, Deuteronomy 30:19 i i carry this card here um trying to go backwards i carry it with me because um it, it's such a valuable verse i call the heavens and the earth to record this day against you that i have set before you life and death Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. I'm going to digress, I'm going to veer off the the path a little bit. What he's telling us there, and again, that's in Deuteronomy 30 19. You have a responsibility, and especially if you're a man leading a household especially so but this is true for everyone man woman child uh as we get to the age of accountability and we're grown, we get to choose life and blessing so that our that we and our seed may live we can determine the outcome of future generations by choosing blessing yes and if we sit around and bitch and moan about how bad it is and how bad it's going to become and it's doom and gloom and oh my god But, but, but you know all the the BS the malarkey the crap that the, the fake news wants to shove at us if that's what we're uh, regurgitating then You know we're going to reap according now back to matrimony the, uh, the country, the nation, is only as strong as the, um, the marriage, or the family, the, um, the house in that particular nation. So, why is it that courts, churches, counseling agencies, etc. have for years and years all through my life I've seen them trying to fix marriages and I have yet to see them succeed and what I'm talking about are the the church leaders or the agents of the court the state court who are trying to dominate marriage they're trying to tell the husband and wife the man and the woman what to do and what they're allowed to do and what they can't do they you know this is very 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 sad i know of a situation right now right in my home stomping grounds where i grew up a man who is a few years younger than me, have known him ever since he was a baby, lived in the same church district with his parents for all my life. He's separated. I haven't talked with him personally for quite a while. He's separated from his wife and his children. And I want to be very clear here. Yes, my understanding is he did some things that he shouldn't have done. But here's what I can tell you. The church leaders and obviously the members of that church are supporting destroying families. And there's going to be repercussions for the ones that take part in that. I don't think there's an easy answer in a situation. But I have yet to see. I have yet to see where the church leaders step in and try to run the show that it gets any better. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. So, we read in the Old Testament, we read in Genesis, we read in in the New Testament in the uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke about man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they twain shall become one flesh. There is something extremely powerful about this when they stand together. And there is, no, there is no requirement for a marriage license. There never has been. Why would we need a license? The reason we have to get licenses is to do things that are otherwise illegal. Marriage is lawful. It was created, it's, it's an institution that is created by the, the almighty creator of the universe. And... When God's children function as God's children and they are part of God's family, the family of the one true God, the house of Israel, then they do not need permission from the outside worldly system to marry. Because when you do that, we got marriage license when we got married, but we've rescinded them. We kept our marriage, matrimony, as far as Carol and I are married in God's law, in common law, very much so. We can never break that covenant. But the silly three-way contract with the state, which is a commercial contract that was designed for their profit and their benefit of the state, we've nullified that. There's many courts of the state that have have acknowledged that a common law marriage is valid. They have to. They can't deny it. It's always been that way. Excuse me. So again, Man and woman are the highest authority on earth. Our Creator put us here to subdue and have dominion over the earth and all things therein. He did not give other men dominion over us. Now, granted, because of the, we're talking about the original plan, but because Eve and Adam contracted with Satan, there had to be a priesthood set in place under the old law, under the old covenant. But that covenant was, is fulfilled. Christ told us very clearly, I have not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it. It is fulfilled, complete, finished, done, over with. But it's, it's there. It's a, it's a foundational thing that, that we get to educate ourselves on to know where we came from so that the New Covenant makes sense. Under the New Covenant, Yahusha, or Yehusha HaMashiach, or Jesus the Messiah, became our eternal priest. When John the Immerser, or John the Baptist, as many of you would know him, took Yehusha into the river and, and immersed him, he, there's a couple things that happened there. He, he handed over the uh, torch of priesthood, John, at that time, was the highest priest in the land. He was the high priest at that time. He was Elijah, come back. He was the real deal. The high priest that condemned Christ to death and all that, they were fake. They were not of the house of Israel. John was the high priest. He was the real high priest. So he handed over the torch of priesthood to Christ. And the Holy Spirit came down as a dove and announced that this is one of God's sons, the Beloved One, the Beloved One. He's, we refer to him as a second Adam. But he's actually not only the second son, but he's the beloved son. Like Jacob is the beloved son. Like Isaac is the beloved son. Abel was the beloved one. It it tends to follow that trend. The second born is the beloved one. So now he's the high priest. Our eternal high priest. We go directly to him. And there is, he said, you shall call no man rabbi. You shall call no man father, as in heavenly father. We have our earthly fathers, but as far as the church or the called out assembly goes, we shall call no man rabbi. That's a direct command from Yehusha, Jesus Christ. There's no man that has authority over us. We set up offices for people to administer things, whether it's a bishop's office or... A, uh, an accountant's office or a school teacher's office or whatever it is. They're an office of delegated authority given to them by man. The office can never be superior to the man that created it. It's not possible. And if the, the one that's operating that office tries to act like he's superior to the others that, that created the office, then he is he's out of honor. He is out of his place because it's not possible. So, so now Christ is the high priest, the eternal high priest, and we go directly to him. Okay? And when he was crucified, he was tried before Pilate. Pilate declared him a king. It was never rebutted. He was tried before Caesar. Caesar declared him a king, he put a purple robe on him, which means he's a king. It was never rebutted. And then he was tried in front of the people on the cross three times. And the second thief acknowledged and appealed to him as a doorway to salvation, and Christ confirmed that. So. So there's three trials who declared his kingship and the doorway to salvation and all three of them stand because they were never ever rebutted. The the people that were killing him just declared to the whole world, we're not killing just anyone, we're killing the king, the final king of the house of Israel, the kingdom. So that was never rebutted. So now, man and woman have been restored to their original position, made whole. That's what, the, that's what he means when he says, you know, it's you've been perfected. You've been made whole. If, if we make the confession and are immersed and adopted to become his brothers and sisters, that's a very vital part. There's a reason why he did that. He was he was in a fleshly body of corrupted dna just like we are so we get that corrected through the immersion the confession immersion adoption process so we become part of the family so now we we when that happens we transition from creation to family we become part of the family and so now we once again are put back in place of the highest jurisdiction or the highest authority in 2016 i talked with a, a retired attorney and i asked him he had the guy used to have his own attorney firm he was at the point where i talked to him i i'm gonna guess he was uh, 70-ish or something like that and i asked him is it true that the courts have no jurisdiction over marriage He did not bat an eye. He didn't hesitate one second. He immediately replied and he said, It's absolutely true. They have no jurisdiction whatsoever. Now, I'm telling you this because I knew they didn't have jurisdiction. And I knew that he knows. But I, I was kind of surprised that he was that openly honest with me. but he probably knew that he couldn't deceive me. I already knew. Here's the problem. When you go and sign paperwork to give them jurisdiction, you're giving them the right, you're giving them the privilege of administering your affairs, then of course they're gonna do what they wanna do. They're gonna tell you what to do because you've just signed the contract. We still get to choose. Eve chose to sign the contract with Satan, so they were under obligation for all the way up until Christ died and he said, it is finished. I've taken back dominion, I've taken the priesthood and I've taken the kingship, it's all mine. And you as my brothers and sisters are joint heirs. So that's when it changed. Now we still have the free will that we can receive that or we can give it away. And if we keep that, the way it's designed, according to God's original plan, we are as man and woman, as a married couple, we become one flesh, and we are the highest dominion, the highest authority on planet earth. There is no higher. I can't say that and I can't stress it enough. There is no higher authority. Now, those of you who used to be Amish, or maybe still are, if you're watching this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, when you got married, if you're if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. They they use the uh, the book of Tobit, Tobias, or in the in the scripture that I use, which is a uh, they call it Tobit, and It's a very, very amazing writing and reading. But they they taught us that the man and woman are to stay apart, to not have intercourse the first three nights of marriage, the first three days and nights. Making us believe that it's somewhere in the uh, Tobias Geschichte. Making us believe that it's in the book of Tobias or Tobit, and it's not. I've read it multiple times. I've talked with many other men who have read it, and nobody's able to find anything like that. Now, here's what they did: they, uh, young Tobit, and by the way, Tobit was from this the uh, tribe of Naphtali. He was a, a bloodline Israelite. There's a reason why this was written. They were of the house of Israel and when young Tobias and Sarah got married they fasted and prayed three days and three nights before the wedding feast before the wedding before they married when they got married they went in the bedroom and they got in the same bed together so, so this thing about man and woman staying apart for three days and three nights, and if you're, if you're not familiar with the history of the Amish church and, and all that, maybe you're freaking out about this, but so what? You, uh, you need to know. This thing about man and woman staying apart for three days and three nights is a lie. It's a, it's a blatant lie from the pit of hell. I don't know who came up with it, and I don't really care. It's still a lie. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing in scripture that supports that. If, if you find it, I want to know about it. I have yet to find anything that supports that. That is so wrong. It sets young married men and women up for failure, is what it does. It is absolutely blasphemous to the plan that God put together for matrimony, for man and woman. Now, there's one more thing I'm going to cover. Every business that I've seen provides a product or a service or both. And this business that I'm going to refer to as the Babylonian Country Club, the corporate country club called Church, the westernized Babylonian Country Club called Church. Their business provides a service as well. And the service they provide is splitting marriages. They tried it with us. I can show you, I could name, without even thinking, I could name five or six men who are without their women or their children. In some cases they see their children part of the time but I could name many, many men and women whose marriages have been destroyed at the hands of the church, at the hands of the church leaders. And yet, they claim, they try to make it sound, they, they pose as if they were people of God they pose as if they were Christians now I don't know what the term Christian means to you it it doesn't mean that much to me Um, when you look at where the word came from it's actually I don't even like it I don't like the term Christian it's about being part of the house of God brothers and sisters to Yeshua or Yahushua and it's about being of the house of Israel, the one true God, part of the family. But these men are posing, and women in some case, they're, they're impostors. They come in sheep's clothing, acting as if they were men, or, uh, or in some cases women, of the one true God, the Creator. In 2012, I got kicked out of church. I got I got kicked out because I stood for some things and I asked questions and I did some things that didn't fit their agenda. And they tried to kick me out and keep my woman within the council, keep keep her in the church. And they do that a lot. They kick the man to the And sometimes they kick the woman to the curb, but most of the time they try to destroy the man and keep the women and children within the church. They try to trash the man's name, destroy his character, and make him out to be a criminal when in fact the only thing he did is try to follow God's plan for his life or ask some questions which they couldn't answer went against, against their agenda. In 2012 I got kicked out of church And I told Carol that she's coming out too. She's not staying in. And that upset the so-called church leaders. It pissed them off. They wanted her to stay in. I said, look, you evidently don't understand what happened when we got married. We formed a covenant. A covenant is a permanent thing. It's called marriage. We became one. You don't get half of me. We're now one. It's not going to work like that. And she never did stay in for counsel after that. So, I, went, I ended up going to prison in the fall. And the first thing they did is they tried to pressure her. They tried to use her against me they tried to do what they've done with so many, so many, so many others. And in January of 2013 I was in Michigan City at the small facility outside the wall and I called home because I knew what they were going to do before I left. I already knew what their intention was. I called home and I talked with Carol and I said look because I had written them a letter I wrote a letter to the, uh, either the bishop or the deacon, I'm not sure which anymore, but I wrote a letter to one of them and I said, look, you are forbidden to talk to Carol while she's alone. There has to be somebody else there with her to witness this conversation. And Carol made the same request to them and they completely ignored it. They completely defied It's like um, it's the worst kind of fornication is what they do. They try to kick the man to the curb and take over the position of the man of the house. These are men who they, they, um, they try to act like they're good people. And they've got a woman at home in their own house that they're married to that they should be concerned about. And they're going around trying to run affairs in other men's houses and they're trying to use their, their causing division. They are causing division. They're not tr- just trying to. They are. Wherever they are allowed to, they are. I didn't allow it. Um, because uh, I called home and I this is what I said to Carol. I said, look, you have a choice to make. You can have them or you can have me. But you can't have both. Because they are my enemies. It's really not them. It's Satan, but but they're being used. They're trying to destroy me. And they're trying to use you and our children to destroy me. Because there's so much hatred there. So you can't have both of us. You have a choice to make. You can walk with me or you can walk with them. But you, it is not possible for you to walk with both. She understood what I was saying. And her heart was in the right place. And I'm blessed to tell you today that she chose me. More importantly, much more importantly, she chose the plan that the Creator had put together from the beginning. That man and woman become one and cleave together. She stood. And because of the choice that she made and because of the choice that I made, our marriage today is golden. It is amazing. And I'm, here's my whole reason for bringing forth this message tonight. If you or somebody that you know your marriage isn't what you think it should be, then then it probably isn't what it should be. But I want you to know that it's, it's never irreparable. The only reason it becomes irreparable is because one or the other or both man and woman have given up. And in many cases, at least one of them has given access to somebody else, which ultimately is Satan, to destroy that marriage. Because here's what happens. They wanted to kick me out of the church council, which in in essence means that they kicked me out of church. Period. If you're not part of the council, you're pretty much out. You're not part of the church. They they try to tell you different, but that's really what it is. And they try to keep Carol in. And, and this is what happens to a lot of men. And they're completely unaware of, of what is happening. And whether you're Amish or used to be or if you didn't used to be, I want you to pay very close attention because this can happen otherwise. It's not just in the Amish church. It, I can tell you some very, very demonic bullshit stories that I've seen play out at the hands of a so-called church, which is nothing more than a satanic cult, which is in the business of taking children and destroying marriages and taking property and taking money. And depending on who you ask, it's called child trafficking, human trafficking. So, So they find some kind of fault with the man. Excuse me. They find some kind of fault with the man and they decide to kick him out. And the man, in a lot of cases, because he wants to get things back on a better ground, he just kind of sits back and says, okay, well, you know, what do I need to do now to make this right or correct it? But he steps down. He steps down from his position as paterfamilias or head of the house, and the the, the church leaders, the bishop, the deacon, the pastor, the whatever it is, the father is what they call themselves, or rabbi, I don't care what it is, it's all the same BS, the man steps down and this church leader steps up into his place and starts running the show with his house. Now here's the part that I want to make very, very, very clear. If you are a man that is under covenant with a woman, and you step aside and let the church leader tell your woman what to do and she honors him above you, you have opened the door for Satan You've opened the door. You've just swung it wide open. Unrestricted for Satan to come in and scatter your marriage and your children to smithereens. That's not cool. Because once you've opened that door and once they come in and they've done damage, uh, it's, it's a tough row. I've, I've yet to see a man that has fixed it. I've seen many that have gone down that road and I have yet to see the first one that has fixed it. If I would have stepped aside, if I would have stepped down and let them take over with Carol and my children the way they wanted to, same thing, we'd have been another statistic. But you know what? It so happened that I valued my marriage and my own life, and my woman, and my children's life. I valued that and our covenant under God, under the one true God, our Creator. I valued that more than the flimsy opinion of some men who want to classify themselves as church leaders and use it as a whip on the ones they hate. I don't give a damn what their opinion is. They tried to destroy our marriage. And I am blessed. I am extremely blessed and fortunate that it didn't happen. It was through my own prayers. It was through Carol's prayers. It was through the grace of... Of the Almighty Creator, that we were able to hang hang together, and we didn't just hang together, we grew and became stronger in that process because we chose to honor the covenant. So I want to encourage you, first of all, if you're not married, and if you know, my mom always said she uh, she said. When it comes to marriage, there's only two types of people. The ones that are married and the ones that want to be married. So, if you're not, the best advice that I could give you is ask your creator to show you when the right partner comes along. And if you do that and you trust in that and you trust the process, he will. That's what I did. That was that is not was it is beyond a shadow of a doubt one of the key factors that has that has given me I wanna say it's it's been a, a pillar that held our marriage and that we've rested on. If you are married and you didn't do that then obviously don't beat yourself up because that doesn't mean that you weren't led together by God. But the point is, start, if you're a man, start walking as a man and protecting your family and your house. You are called to be the protector. And I'm going to close with this. Hopefully, you've been able to make sense of what I've shared with you tonight. Um if you have a question or a comment I'm open to those but I'm not open to an argument I I don't want to have you know I'm not really in this for an argument I just want to share some hope with some men and women so I want to close with this pretty much every time that I've heard a man bitch and moan about his woman not being submissive. Generally speaking, that same man is not being submissive to the plan that the Creator put before him. He's not submitting to the plan that, now let me be very clear, I'm not talking about submitting to church leaders that want to dominate him and and run his life. I'm talking about submitting to the Creator's plan for how marriage and matrimony is really meant to be. So, if you're looking at your woman and thinking that she needs to straighten up so your marriage is better, uh, find yourself a full length mirror and put it inside your bedroom door and stand in front of that every night and every morning and take a look at the guy in there And ask your creator, what is it? What do you want me to know? What's next? And then just leave that question out there, and he'll answer it. Have an amazing evening, and be blessed. Until next time.